Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, Bible study for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. Pray that each of you are blessed and encouraged. I pray that you are living with expectation. And even in this moment, if you're not as encouraged as you desire to be, I pray that what you show here on tonight will be a blessing to you, will help lift you up and strengthen and that God may administer to your needs. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments that we have to share with your people. Lord, allow your words, the words from our Father, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to invigorate us, to lift up the bowed down head, Lord, Lord, to help brighten the light that you've placed on the inside of us. And Lord, if we're in a dark place, even in this moment, maybe not physically, but emotionally or spiritually, Lord, shine the light of your word on us, Lord, that it may help us to come out of that dark place and you lead us to the place of destiny that you've designed for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you and God keep you. Tonight, we want to talk to you. We had some God really poured something into our spirit as it relates to this past Sunday. I hope that you were able to watch our broadcast. We were talking about commitment issues and we did it within the realm of the idea of pursuit. We talked about pursuing after what God has for us, pursuing after our destiny. And we wanted to follow that up tonight. And we were talking about it. Our, our thought was APB, your destiny. And what we're saying is all points bulletin. We should be looking and searching for God's plan for us. And also it questions our commitment to doing the same. We need to look at what we need to do to go after what God has for us. And in thinking of that, God led me to the word of the Lord. A couple of scriptures I want to share with you on tonight. We're going to start there in Genesis, Genesis chapter 12 and verse one. And there God is talking to Abram and God says to him there in Genesis 12 and one, this is Abraham before he is, his name is changed. And he says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Notice it says, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Note a few things that God is saying to Abram there. He's saying, well, there are things that I want to do for you. There are great things that I have before you, but something that he makes clear that God makes clear in his instructions to Abram is that the thing that I have for you is not where you are right now. The great thing that I have in store for you is not where you are right now. Somebody might ask, well, could God not have blessed Abram right where he was? Of course God could. He was in God's providence. God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. There is nothing that is too hard or impossible for God. But God also had given Abram an instruction. Yes, I can bless you where you are. But for you to achieve the maximum of what I have in store for you, 
You're going to have to leave the place where you are right now and go to a place that I will show you. Notice in verse two of that text, he says, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. What he's saying is that, yes, there are things that I can do for you right where you are. I can do good things. And this is something that I always share and it's something that I truly believe is that we cannot allow good to be the enemy of great. That means, yes, God can do good things, but I want to achieve God's maximum for me. I want to receive and achieve everything that God has made available to me. I don't want to be satisfied with good and sacrifice the possibility and the opportunity to be great for God, to do great things for him. And not only do great things for him and not trying to be great myself, but the word says so that you can do be a blessing to others. That meant that if he stayed where he was, yes, he might be a blessing, but he would not be as great a blessing as he could be if he went out to pursue what God has for him. Yes, Abram could have stayed where he was amongst his kindred. And yes, maybe he would have been a blessing to them. Maybe even in his youth, uh, he could have been a, a worker. He could have been a hard worker. He could have brought income to the family. Maybe he would have brought good uh, a good name to the family and had a great, re good reputation. But God had something greater for him. And at the moment that God told him his destiny, Abram realized that my greatness is not where I am. I have to go after, I have to pursue God's destiny for me. And I wanna share that with somebody today. You, you, you desire greater things from God. You desire and you believe in your heart that God has something greater for you. And maybe he does, but I come to tell you whatever it is that God has for you is not in your bed. It's not lying around doing nothing. It's not even waiting on the greatest opportunity to come along. Sometimes that means maximizing the opportunities that you have in front of you. Sometimes that means doing the small things. I'm often reminded that David had a beautiful ceremony that we often talk about when the anointing oil would not flow until, until Samuel saw David. He had his brothers go before him, all seven of them, and they went before the prophet twice but the oil would not flow until David came in from the, from tending the sheep. After this great anointing, David went back to tend the sheep. After this great anointing, David was still expected by Jesse, his father, to go and serve his brothers, even in the army, to take them lunch. Even after this great anointing, David remained a shepherd. He still had to do the work of a shepherd. What I'm telling you is while you're waiting on some opportunity to be great, God is monitoring how well you attend to the small things. The Bible says, forsake not the day of small things. Right now, what you're attending to right now might not seem like much. It may not even seem important. Some of you even are toiling in a place where you're like, I'm toiling in anonymity and nobody even knows my name. Nobody knows what I'm doing, but that's not true. God is watching and God knows even when nobody else is giving you, admonishing you, nobody else is praising you. Nobody else 
is showing appreciation for your worth or what you're doing. God is watching. God knows what you're doing. He's observing how well you attend to even the small details of life. Be careful with what God has handed you. That assignment that you think is nothing may just be God testing you. God is trying to see how well and how attentive you will be to the small thing that is in front of you before he hands you something that's bigger, before he gives you something that's greater. And that, not, that can attend to all things that may be true of a job, that may be true of your finances. God is monitoring and watching how well you handle the amount of money you have now before he trusts you with something greater. God is watching how you treat people on the job that you're on now before he elevates you to something higher. God is watching how you treat people. You want to be married. You want to have a family while you're single. God is watching how you treat people now to prepare you for the next level in your life. You want to pursue your destiny? That means driving with the same amount of force with what you have now as you would with what you desire God to give you later. Let me say that again. That means getting up and pursuing with all your heart. Driving is hard right now with that which you've been trusted with. And you should drive as hard now with what you have. With the same amount of vigor, with the same amount of patience, and with the same amount of effort that you would do if you were walking in what you were expecting God to give you. God is testing you right now. He's trusting you with something small before he allows you to attend to something that is greater. You wanting to pursue your destiny, you wanting to go get it. God is watching what you do right now. And in the moment that God had given Abram, he said, yeah, Abram, he said, yes, there is something greater for you. But the first thing I need you to do is watch this. I need you to be obedient. I need you to be obedient to the voice of God. Be obedient in, in being obedient. Sometimes that faith that will test you. God will test your faith when he asks for your obedience. Notice what God said to Abram here. He said, Abram, leave where you are. Go from where you are right now. He said, and I'm going to take you to a place and notice the last few words there that I will show you. I will show you. I'm not giving you advanced directions exactly into where you're going. I'm not giving you the full picture. I'm not writing the full vision out for you. I'm needing you to trust me. The only thing that you need to know is that you can't stay right where you are. And that's a message to somebody right now. You, you're stuck in a place and it might not be a physical location. It might be a mindset. It might be a way of thinking. And God is waiting for you to absolve yourself from that way of thinking before he moves you to a higher level. Maybe God's next level for you has you dealing with more people. Well, I have a question for you. How are you treating the people in your life right now? One person said that a good measure of a man or a person is how well they treat the people that they don't need. How well do you treat the people in your life right now that you don't need? The people that cannot do anything for you. The people that cannot reciprocate for you. How well are you treating them right now? 
Yes, everybody wants to say, yes, I'm running after my destiny. I'm chasing after what God has for me. But that's not something that's happening in the future. Your evaluation process has already begun. God is evaluating you and shaping you up and suiting you, measuring you for what's coming next in your life. The thing about God is he doesn't have to prepare you for the level that you're on. You're already there. He's preparing you for what's next. Your tests and your trials are not for the level you're on. They're for what's happening next in your life. So while you're being tested and while you're being tried, God's attending, seeing how you attend to the details of your current assignment. And in attending to that and in judging you, he's not judging you based on where you are. He's judging you based on where he's taking you. Are you treating people on another level? Is your, are your relationships on another level? Are your management of yourself, your management of your resources on another level? Because yet, even though you have not yet attained it, God is expecting you to perform on the next level that he's preparing you for in your life. Get ready. You should be ready now. God is preparing you for what's happening next in your life. If that means you're going to be in charge of more people, you need to be able to treat the people that you deal with now with great respect. If that means that you're going to have to have greater patience, then you need to test yourself. How patient am I right now in the, with what I'm dealing with? And if I'm struggling in managing the resources that I have on this level, how could I ever be ready for what God has for me on the next level? I'm being tested. I'm being prepared. God is fitting me right now, not for where I am, but for where I'm going, because I'm telling somebody right now, and this is a word for you. You do not have permission to stay where you are. God's destiny is for you to move forward. When I thought of this, I also couldn't help but think of David. We find David there in first Samuel 30 and eight. Many of us know the story, but to be reminded David and his men had been out at war and while they were gone, the enemy had come and overtaken their camp, their zigzag. There they burned their encampment and they took away the women and children. The men there started to think of stoning David and David, when he began to cry to the Lord, he said unto the Lord, he said, Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? And he, when it says he is talking about God, God answered David and said, pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. King James version says you shall surely pursue and recover all. What God told David in that moment is that yes, your destiny is in front of you. And therefore you do not have permission to stay where you are. And I'm sharing that with somebody today who needs to hear that. You do not, you no longer have permission to remain stagnant. You do not have permission to stay where you are. You have, do not have permission to keep that same mindset. You do not have permission to keep managing resources on the level you're on. God's trying to take you to another level, another level of thinking, another level of management, another level in your, in your spirit. Another level physically. Some of you, God's saying, I have another level for you, but there's so much stress on the next level. I need you to physically be in better shape so that you're prepared for what is about to happen next. 
He's telling you, I need you to get better interpersonal skills because right now you're dealing with 20 people. He said the next level is going to require you to deal and interface with 100 people. If you can't deal and interface with 20, how are you going to be prepared to deal with 100? God said, I need your skills to go to another level. So financially, I want to take you to a higher level. If you're mismanaging the thousands that you have now, how are you going to be prepared to deal with the, the millions that I'm going to put in your hands that you're going to be over on the next level? God said, I need your skills to go to another level. I'm not preparing you for where you are. I'm preparing you for where you're going. And that's exactly what God told David. He said, yes, you will pursue you will rescue. You will recover all. But he's saying this will is in the future because you will recover nothing as long as you remain right where you are. I'm saying that to somebody right now. God is speaking through me to you. But there is something that he has for you. There's something that he wants you to attain. There's another level that he has in you. But to get there, you can't stay where you are. God's calling you to a higher plane, another plateau, a higher level. And the thing about God is we often make the mistake. It's a misnomer for us to say, I'm waiting on God. In fact, I want you to remove that phrase from your vocabulary. Stop saying that I'm waiting on God. That's not accurate. God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you to be ready. God's waiting on you to be prepared. Many theologians say that the children of Israel, while they were wandering there in the wilderness, God was preparing them to be familiar with the terrain. He was preparing them to be ready for war. Had they gone right in, they may not have been ready, but while they were out there wandering, God was preparing them for what was about to happen next. Even while they were in slavery there in Egypt, God was maturing them. God was growing them. God was allowing their numbers to increase and multiply. The women were having children and they were blessed with men children at the time for to prepare them for war, to prepare them for battle. Even while they were in captivity, God was favoring them and blessing them and preparing them not to be better captives, but he was preparing them to be free. He was preparing them for war. He was preparing them to reclaim the land that he had promised to Abraham. Even in the midst of their turmoil, they were being prepared for another level. And I want to let you know right now, even in your storm, even through your trial, God is preparing you for something else. God's preparing you for something bigger. God's preparing you for something better. One of the things about the trial is some of us are so, so we're so focused on getting out that we don't learn the lesson on the inside. The lesson is important because the lesson prepares you for what's next. It's like children today. A lot of times I'll observe children and they want to rush through an assignment. And you know what they do? They, instead of reading the passage, they just go straight to the questions and do their best guessing the questions. They don't want to read the passage. They don't want to go through that. That's too long. That's boring. That's not exciting to them. So they'd rather skip the toil, the lesson, and try to answer the questions. And then when the questions are unfamiliar to them and they get the answers wrong, it's, it's as if they're surprised. 
But the problem is that they didn't endure the trial. They didn't endure the toil. They didn't learn the lesson of the storm. And many of us, we're trying to rush so quickly through our storm, rush so quickly through our trial that we're failing to learn the lesson of the trial. The lesson, if you're in a trial and you're in a storm, you never lose as long as you learn the lesson. You may experience setbacks, but your trial is never victorious over you as long as you learn the lesson of the trial. I'm not saying it won't be a setback. Sometimes it sets you back. Sometimes you feel like you've even lost time. But I come to tell you, you have not lost. You have not failed. As long as you learn the lesson of that trial, as long as you learn the lesson of that storm, you're going to come out better. You're going to come out more informed. You're going to come out more prepared for what God has for you next. Don't lose the lesson of your trial. Don't rush through your storm. But you have never fallen. You never fail. As long as you learn the lesson of your trial. That's exactly where David was. David was in the middle of a trial sitting there in the burning embers of Ziklag. Amongst the people that had lost confidence in him. Not only had his, his children and his wife been taken away. But all of his men's children and their wives. And they're frustrated with David. Scripture there in 1 Samuel 30. Or if you read the earlier portion it said the men even spake of stoning David. They were thinking of killing him. So even in the midst of all his trial and his storm and the men talking about killing him, he cried out to God. He cried out to God. He says, Lord, I'm in this trial. I'm in this storm. What is the lesson that I'm learning here? Well, I'll tell you one thing that he learned. He learned to pursue with vigor the instructions that God gave him. There was no doubt in his mind. He had absolute focus on what had to happen next. He had to recover that which God had told him that he would receive. He had to go rescue that which God had given him permission to go after. God said, you will overtake it. You will rescue. You will be victorious. But the caveat of that instruction is that you have to leave where you are. You have to move to where I'm taking you. And that there is no better time to go and there's no better time to move than the present and that's for somebody right now there's no better time to go there's no better time to move than the present god is calling you out of where you are and your last storm and your last trial was simply the instruction manual that will prepare you for what god has next in your life don't lose the instruction manual don't skip over the directions your trial is simply instructing you on how to reach the next level that God has for you. I'm going to leave you with this. As Abram trusted God, as David trusted God, so will you have to trust God. It will be a step of faith. It's not going to appear to you so easily. It's not going to be completely mapped out to you. God did not map out Abram where he was going. He basically told Abram, start packing and I'll make you great. Pack up and leave and I'll make you great. I will tell you where you're going. That's how God is. God makes us trust him. God makes us trust him. 
So somewhere right now, somebody feels like you're going through something. And in the middle of what you're going through, why don't you take a moment and maybe you'll come to this realization that maybe this is not an unnecessary trial. Maybe this is God making me trust him. God is making me trust him. Maybe you've recently lost a loved one and it can be hard. I know it's difficult. But in the middle of it, Maybe God is making you trust him. Maybe you recently lost a job or you lost a source of income and you don't know why the the, the circumstances are such that you just don't understand what happened. Don't look look at it as a setback. Maybe God is making you trust him. Maybe a relationship just ended. Maybe... Maybe your husband or your wife just walked out on you. Maybe a long-term relationship was just ended. Or maybe it was a friendship, a friend that you had trusted for a long time. And now that friendship has come to a sudden conclusion. And you don't understand the circumstances. You don't understand why. Maybe God is making you trust him. Paul said, I want to do it the easy way. Paul said, the Lord has given me a, a thorn in the flesh. So he asked of God, he said, Lord, he asked him three times, Lord, will you relieve me? Will you remove this thorn in my flesh? And God said to him, he did not remove the thorn, but he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So while you are out there fretting and crying and saying, it's not fair, I don't understand And some of you may even be plotting revenge against someone who you think has wronged you. Stop plotting revenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Maybe instead of focusing on who you think harmed you or who did you wrong, maybe you need to learn the lesson of what God is trying to teach you. Maybe this is just a moment where God is making me trust him. He's making me trust him. My resources are no longer as easily available. That friend that I used to rely on is not there. I don't have their ear anymore. So what do I do? David put it this way. He said, I'll look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help doesn't come from the hills, but all of my help comes from the Lord. Maybe God has put you in a position where it feels like you're in a pit and you're surrounded. You don't see any way out but up. And God is forcing you to stop looking around and he's requesting, he's imploring you, stop looking around you for help. I need you to look up. Maybe in this moment, God is making you trust him. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, in this moment, in this time, Lord, I sense your people. Somebody's going through a trial right now that they don't understand. Someone has had a sudden loss in their life and they don't, they don't understand. And they're beginning to question you. They're beginning to question themselves. They're beginning to even think of having, uh, thinking harm to themselves. And they're thinking that you've abandoned them, Lord. But Lord, you are a very present help in trouble. Therefore, shall we not fear though the earth be removed and the mountains be cast into the sea? Lord, you are there. You're very present for us in trouble. And maybe, Lord, we need to 
step back and take a bigger view of our storm and our trial. Take a bigger view of our loss. Take a bigger view of this misunderstanding that we feel has occurred in our life. Lord, look at it from a broad view and maybe, Lord, it's simply a matter of you moving your hand in our life, extending it in our direction, telling us to stop looking around for assistance, but to look up. Maybe in this moment, Lord, you're making us trust you more. And Lord, let our hearts and our minds be receptive to what you're doing for us in this moment. Let us look to you for all of our help. And may your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That you guide us in a path that leads us closer to you and inside your plan of blessings and favor. In Christ's name we pray for all of your people. Amen. I pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by what you heard on tonight. I pray that you live with the favor of God over your life. Pray that you take this moment, take a broader view. Maybe God's not picking on me. Maybe I'm not having bad luck, but maybe in this moment, God is trying to take me to something greater. But before I get there, he's going to make me trust him. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.